Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church Extras podcast based on the Matthew series with your host, Senior Pastor John Sauer. This is episode five. Thanks for joining us today. Hello and welcome to Stonebridge Extras. I am Pastor John, the Senior Pastor of Stonebridge Community Church. And Stonebridge Extras is a sermon series that we do during specific seasons, when we're looking at a certain book of the Bible, we'll use this podcast to look at some themes, some ideas, some concepts that just didn't make it into the sermon, that are a little bit extra, and that might be a little more complicated theologically. And during this season, we're focusing on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' teachings in Matthew 5 through 7. These teachings are ethical teachings. They're teachings that Jesus, in my opinion, expects his disciples to follow. So in this series, we look at sometimes the way the passage has been received. We sometimes look at the specific language and different ways of interpreting it. And this week, I want to talk about another issue that the Sermon on the Mount will raise in the life of a believer if you take it seriously. And This issue is the Christian's relationship to violence or pacifism. If you read the Sermon on the Mount and you look at Jesus' instructions, you can't help but walk away with the impression that Jesus doesn't want his disciples engaging in violence. The ones that I regularly refer back to are Jesus' teachings to turn the other cheek, his teachings to to go the extra mile, to give somebody your shirt or your extra tunic if they ask for, if they sue you for one, give them the other shirt. There's also the comments in there about blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are you when other people persecute you. Throughout this entire teaching, Jesus makes it really clear that responding to violence with violence, responding to persecution with power or force, that doesn't fall in line with the teaching that he wants of his disciples. So the question has been raised throughout the church's history ever since Jesus gave this Sermon on the Mount and ever since Matthew committed it to writing, how should Christians respond to violence? Now, we would all say that Christians should be peaceful. I mean, that seems pretty obvious. But there are certain forms of violence that, in many traditions within the Christian church, have been functionally okayed. For instance, being a soldier. If you go off into a war as a soldier for your country, is it justified for Christians to do that? The majority of Christian traditions have said yes, but some have said no. And the ones that have said no usually cite the Sermon on the Mount. Another question that gets raised from this teaching of Jesus is the idea of being a police officer. Again, the majority of Christians have said yes, but some have said no, that that's inappropriate because that forces you to use violence. 
that a police officer can't, by definition, turn the other cheek. So, what I want to say before we dive into this too deeply is that there are no clear answers here. It's not a simple question. When there's large debate over a topic in the church, it's usually because it's a very complicated issue that doesn't lend itself to very simple, precise answers. And the teaching, I'm, I'm not going to give the teaching that Christians can't be soldiers or that Christians can't be police officers. I don't feel like I'm in any position to say that. And I don't know and I don't really think that that's what Jesus is getting at here. But it's still interesting in looking at how the church has interpreted the Sermon on the Mount in light of questions of violence and pacifism. And for the sake of definition, pacifism is the belief that violence is never appropriate, that Christians should never engage in pacifism. That's what a Christian pacifist would believe. So we're going to be going about it this way in this podcast. I'm going to go pretty briefly in terms of all the literature that's on this. This is very briefly. Um, through the history of interpretation of the way the church has received the Sermon on the Mount and in light of questions of pacifism and violence and shows some of the changes in interpretation. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the biblical evidence and then we'll close with just some final thoughts here. So, history of interpretation. This is similar, actually, to the way things played out with the swearing of oaths. In the first few hundred years of the church's life, most Christians were what we would call pacifists. Maybe that term doesn't apply directly to them because it is a cultural term in English and nothing applies from, 2000, from today to 2,000 years ago too well. But by and large, Christians went out of their way to not engage in violence. There were very few Christian soldiers in the early church. But it's also important to keep in mind, for many of the early Christians, it wouldn't have been possible for them to be soldiers. The early church began amongst former slaves, current slaves, some slave owners too, but but slaves. It began amongst women, primarily. It began amongst outcasts. The early Christian movement was not one that attracted strong, powerful people. That's just not the way the church began. So, it wouldn't have been that interesting or attractive to a soldier in the first couple hundred years. And it would be odd for that group of people to be trying to go and join in on wars and trying to go in and fight. So we have to take that into account, but then we also have to realize this was the movement that Jesus started. I mean, Jesus seems pretty clear that he doesn't really want his followers engaging in violence. And we'll get into the biblical evidence later, but we just have to keep in mind that there's a reason that this was attractive to women and slaves and outcasts and marginalized people in the first couple centuries of the church. 
because Jesus' message was appealing to, to them. But it starts to change when Christians start to become people in power again. When Constantine makes Christianity an official accepted religion of the empire. And then, you know, about a hundred years or so after that, Augustine, well, maybe not a hundred years, inside of a hundred years, but Augustine, the famous theologian from Northern Africa, he is a member or a citizen of the Roman Empire and he writes a book and it's called The City of God. And in that book, he develops what has now been termed as the, the two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and then there's a humanly, human kingdom. And that Christians are citizens of both. And in this, he says, he at least creates the framework for saying that when Christians are functioning in the kingdom of, of humans, there are some things that we have to do that aren't acceptable in the kingdom of God. And that we have to have dual citizenship and that, that creates a tension. But basically, from Augustine on, there becomes a warrant for Christians to engage in violence. And that stands pretty much to today. You might have heard of just war theory, of when wars are just. That is something that actually came largely out of Christian thinking and from Augustine's framework here. So fast forward to the Reformation, Martin Luther and John Calvin and Ulrich Zwingli, the reformers all believed that violence in certain places was acceptable for Christians. I mean, of course they believed it. Ulrich Zwingli literally died on a battlefield. Luther has numerous writings justifying war. And John Calvin, he accepts capital punishment for somebody who is a heretic when it comes to the Trinity. So, in the Reformation, they didn't go back and look at the Sermon on the Mount and come to the same conclusion that the early church seemed to have come to. Now, in the Radical Reformation, some of the groups I talked about last week, they're more pacifist, and there's a lot more pacifism there. Now, not, not everybody in the Radical Reformation is a pacifist. Um, some of them have some very violent movements that they develop. But that's where you will find pacifism. So, for the most part, Christians have made allowance for certain forms of violence in certain conditions. That's been the way the Sermon on the Mount has been interpreted, as we should try to follow this, but there are some moments where we're not going to be able to do it perfectly. And sometimes the decision isn't between a right action and a wrong action. It's between a wrong action and a worse action. That's the whole lesser of two evils idea. So that's very, very broad strokes the way that this, this concept has been interpreted. But I want to look at some of the biblical evidence very briefly. On the one hand, for Christians arguing that violence is not acceptable, I think you have a pretty strong case I mean, Jesus is very, very clear in the Sermon on the Mount. It's hard for me to see somebody who's taking the Sermon on the Mount literally and then walking away saying, now it's okay for me to go and hurt other people under any circumstances. 
You also look at the witness of the early church, that they would choose martyrdom. And you look at the book of Acts. Jesus' early disciples, they, they, they lose their lives. They get beaten. And they don't take up arms ever. They don't, they don't try to defend themselves ever. So, looking at the biblical evidence, I think it's impossible to say that violence was ever central to Christian faith. And if you take Jesus' example seriously, violence is a question you should really, really wrestle with. I mean, remember, when Jesus pulled out his, or sorry, when Peter pulled out his sword to cut off Malchus's ear when Jesus is getting taken away, Jesus tells him to put his sword away and heals the man's ear. Jesus undoes the destruction that Peter causes. And when you're engaging in Christian faith, you're talking about the God of the universe not raising an army, but going to the cross in the person of Jesus Christ. So, that's some of the biblical evidence. On the other hand, and like I said, this is a complicated issue. But on the other hand, you have Jesus telling his disciples at one point that they need to not just have one sword, but go and buy another sword. Now, I wouldn't rest too much on that because it's difficult to know what Jesus is talking about. And it's not a common theme. It's just one passage, but it is there. And then when you look at the Old Testament, you have stories where God commands violence. I think it's in Joshua 11. It's not somebody else in God's name, but God commands Israel to commit some violence. And you look at Joshua especially in that book, and it's hard to read some of those stories because God seems to be okaying stuff that when you read the Sermon on the Mount, it's hard to say Jesus would be okay with his followers doing that. So, when I look at the biblical evidence, I think it actually is pretty mixed. You have to acknowledge that this isn't a simple, clear question with an answer. And this is one of those times where I don't have easy, simple answers. So, let me just move us into a conclusion here. I mean, this is a very, very broad topic so we're not going to wrap it up here in a 20-minute podcast. But let me just start moving us towards a conclusion for this podcast. I think where I would come down at the end of the day is that I can't say that I'm strictly a pacifist. There are moments in which I think responding to violence with, with some sort of defensive violence is the only option. So, we have to acknowledge that. But, we can't let that become a reason to make violence normal. We can't glorify it. We can't glamorize it. We can't lift it up as the way of living life. When I think back to the book of Revelation, I think this theme of Jesus' people 
being largely peaceful and nonviolent and not even responding to violence in a way where, uh, with violence, in a way where, where they're taking up arms and they're trying to defend themselves, I, I'm struck by how dominant of a theme that is in the book of Revelation. I mean, there's this whole vision that a, a great military victory is won. And how is it won? It's won by a dying, bleeding lamb. I mean, that's in Revelation there. And it's a clear sign that victory is won not through conquering in war, but through self-sacrifice. And Jesus' call of, to us of leaving self-sacrificial lives, it's just really, really hard to square that with any sort of culture or rhetoric or language that lifts violence up and glorifies it. In those moments where violence may happen, and we might even think that it was necessary, it should still grieve us. It should not be something where right away we're simply jumping to the defense of people or we're picking sides right away. The very fact that violence takes place, it should cause us to have a level of grief. It is sad. It's not good. And while we need, I think, Christians as police officers and Christians as soldiers, it should make us sad that those professions have to exist. Because that is a sign of the brokenness of this world that violence is so prominent that we have to have people devoted to it. That shouldn't be something that we are excited about or happy about. It should make us sad because that's a clear indication that this world doesn't reflect God's desires. And this is something I think it might be more directed towards men, but it's some women too, and, and we all fall into this trap. Jesus doesn't really care how tough we are. We're not here to be tough. We're not here to be strong. We're not here to be the biggest, baddest people that everybody is worried about or afraid of. That's, that's so far from the life that Jesus calls us to. So what I have seen in some Christian cultures is this desire to talk about how, how tough we're going to be, to talk about how strong we're going to be. But Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus doesn't lift up strength as a value. He lifts up sacrifice. He lifts up service. So we might need to question some of our values as Christians. And I think that at the end of the day, that's what the Sermon on the Mount does so well. It forces us to question our values. It forces us to stop and to think about what it is that we support, what it is that we engage in, what it is that we have stopped even thinking about or questioning in our lives. I think one of my favorite writers on the question of pacifism and violence and the Sermon on the Mount is the New Testament scholar Richard Hayes, and I've quoted him a few times. But he says that he can't say that he's a pacifist 
because of the possibility that God might command him to partake in violence at some point. And if God commands it, he will do it. But he then says, given what he sees in Jesus, he doesn't see a scenario in which God would command it. And that any claim that God has commanded violence needs to be tested seriously, needs to be challenged, needs to be well thought through. And very, very, very much needs to have the burden of proof on the claim. So he tries to flip all of this to where in our culture, I really think many of us as Christians, we don't think too deeply about the violence that we see around us. We'll think about criminal violence, sure, but those kinds of violence that are sanctioned, that are legal, we don't really think about it and wrestle with it. And Richard Hayes wants us to flip that because of his commitment to Scripture to where we do start to wrestle with sanctioned forms of violence, legal forms of violence. And it starts to make us a little uncomfortable. So, again, this isn't a podcast where I have clear answers or simple answers. This is a question the church has been debating. And at the end of the day, maybe it's just one that we learn how to live in the tension and we learn how to live in the debate without wrapping it up too easily. And I think that that's what the Sermon on the Mount does. It forces us to ask questions, but then beyond that, it forces us to just turn back to Jesus, turn back to God, turn back to the character of God revealed in the Sermon on the Mount and rest in God's character as we seek any answers about how to move forward. So, this isn't a podcast where I have a lot of answers, but it might have raised some questions. It might have raised some discomfort for you. And just know that that is okay. That's what I think Jesus is trying to do when he challenges his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount. We'll continue next week, and it'll be our last episode on this podcast next week. But God bless you all. I'm looking forward to continuing these conversations. <laughs>